0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.
1: Hour number three, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. If you missed Frank Servali and all the delicious NHL trade talk, uh, check out the podcast. Beginning of hour two on Google, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you get your podcasts. Check out the Big Show podcast if you missed Frank ceremony at 7 o'clock.
2: Uh, don't waste your time. Things could change. Yeah. Although, we did a
1: lot of recapping of previous deals.
2: It wasn't yeah. as much of, tell us what's going to happen today. Get your crystal ball out, bro.
1: Yeah. Um. If you missed Frank, uh, check out the podcast. Uh, later on this hour, the co-host of Real Kipper and Bourne over on Sportsnet 590, the fan. He's also super dialed in, Nick Kiprios. Well, Jonah is still taking your text messages, 960-960. We're getting a pair of tickets away to the fifth annual wing-off down at Cowboys. Uh, outside of the Oilers, who's the team you hate the most in the National Hockey League? But right now in the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, he is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet. We say good morning to Rick Ball. Rick, how are you?
3: I'm great. Mike Snow paddling out is my play and song. Perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Love it, it. yeah. We Yeah. Uh, again, awesome. Alex Brody spinning the, spinning the hits like he usually does. Um, Rick, who do you think the flames fans hate the most outside of the Oilers when you're down at the games? Oh man, that's tough to say. I would say the Vancouver Canucks would be close second. Ooh, okay.
3: Uh, now it hasn't been as a guy who was in Vancouver for a long time as well. There was a lot of animosity about that team when it was good. It hasn't been the case for a while, clearly, but, uh, in the heydays of the, of the, of the Canucks, when they were, you know, winning back-to-back president's trophies and went to the Stanley cup final, they had a lot of guys that definitely got under the skin of a, of a, uh, opposing players and their fans here, you know, guys like Alex Burroughs. And yeah, there was a, th- th- that team had, had a swagger to it that I think mm. it rubbed people the wrong way, but it certainly hasn't been the case in recent years. So I think it's the orders, then the curvature of the earth. And then <laughs> maybe the Vancouver Canucks.
1: In second place. <laughs> Um, The Canucks should go back to the skate sweater, right? Instead of the stupid corporate logo they have now on their jerseys. (laughs) Well,
3: the thing is, the Orca Bay hasn't owned the Vancouver Canucks for,
1: I don't know, 20 years. So I don't
3: think it really, I mean, the the corporate logo aspect of it's probably gone. But I don't know, that skate logo, really? You like that?
1: Yeah, the the, the black, the yellow. Yeah, I think it's good. You don't like it? I think you're the minority, Rick. I would say go back to the original stick and rink logo.
3: Oh, okay. From the expansion era, that that's the one that I like the most. So, if they were going to do anything in terms of changing their logo, that'd be the one I would go to.
1: Or the V with no logo. (laughs) Just just a hockey stick. Yeah, just a
3: hockey (laughs) stick. All right. I'll tell you, like, simple's best. The Calgary Flames have one of the best sweaters and logos in the entire National Hockey League. No question. Because it's simple.
1: Yeah. The
3: color the the color scheme. It's perfect. The logo is outstanding. I've said it my entire life. Yeah, and uh, you overcomplicate things. You know, they they they, they have the orca, they have the the the, the, the uh, killer whale coming out of the sea, Vancouver written across. There's too much going on. That's the biggest problem.
2: Uh, do you have a jersey of an opposing team that every time they come through town, you're like, oh man, the numbers on these jerseys are just not ideal for broadcasters. Maybe a little inside baseball, but it's something I wonder yeah. about.
3: Some of the third jerseys they're coming out with, those reverse retros, like don't put white numbers on white sweaters. That's a bad idea. For yep. <laughs> I mean, uh, we did a game in Tampa earlier this year. They, I don't remember what the color scheme was, but uh, you know, you might as well have been trying to pick out a polar bear and a blizzard right at that point. So, um, <laughs> no, it- then again, all they're trying to do is move product. They're not consulting me, so I don't want to complain too much. but. Um, some of those stylized numbers, like Tampa as well, they they, they have sort of even on their regular uniforms, the numbers are kind of done like they were on the side of a stock car. You know, mm-hmm. they've got a weird font to them mm-hmm. yep. um, that can be tricky to read at times. So I like I like you know dark home jerseys with uh, home sweaters with white numbers, perfect. So <laughs> you know the blasty can is can be polarizing here in Calgary. It's a great uniform to call because it's black and white right so really easy to see when they wear those um but yeah it's a good question because some of them are pretty tricky i can't pick up the top of my head which ones are the hardest uh but i do know the reverse retros can be hard i florida wore theirs too a lot of people liked them they were i'm not sure i was a big fan of the way they looked but they were they were difficult to see as well uh, okay. um, we did those back-to-back games.
1: Now I got to ask you, we're down this rabbit hole. Uh, now I got to ask you, when you prepare for a broadcast, you obviously have to memorize all the numbers on the Leafs. How, what's your memorization techniques? What does Rick Ball do? Do you read the numbers before you go to sleep with music so they sink into your brain better? How do you do yeah. the cute memorization? Yeah, how do you, yeah, does somebody give you cue cards? It's like, you know, uh, 34, Austin Matthews. Like, do yeah. you do like, 16, yeah. Mitch Marner. Do you do that? Like, how do you memorize 55. the numbers for the other teams? best
3: advice i ever got getting into play by play was watch games and that's it just watch like you know i watched the game last night when they played against the orders i'll go back and watch uh parts of their previous two games this morning I'm talking about toronto's obviously you know the flames very really well because we call them all the time uh and that's it you kind of just you know you write the you do it you do your roster i do everything on my computer write out my own rosters and then uh you know you you write down the line combinations and you watch games and You know, you got to keep your base level of knowledge at about 85%. You can't cram, right? It's not like an exam where you can just cram the night before and hope you get through it and then everything is uh, out of your brain five seconds after the exam's over. You just kind of got to stay in it, watch a lot of games, and you find, you know, you got to brush up before uh, they're playing a team because especially those Eastern Conference teams, you don't see them all the time, so it's a bit trickier, but... You know, it's that's that's the biggest thing. It's funny, it's the question you get asked the most, how do you know all the players? And it really is just a, just a matter of, of trying to pay as much attention
1: as you can throughout the
3: year. And then you find when you do finally have to do a game, it's not that difficult to remember the numbers
1: and the names. Um, it's a fun time of year, Rick, and we obviously want to ask about the Calgary Flames, but enormous news uh, coming down from the uh, Boston Bruins and the National Hockey League. Uh, we just heard about the Tyler Bertuzzi deal to Boston. Uh, Elliot yeah. Friedman reporting, Pasternak has just signed his extension, Rick, Eight years at eleven point two five million per season for David Postman. Wow, wow,
3: wow! I mean, I'm not surprised. This is a lot of money. He's a great player, right? I, although, like his teammates did not look particularly sharp the other night here in Calgary. <laughs> right. Uh, and give the Flames a lot of credit. They that was as good a game as they played all year. I mean, uh, the fact that they didn't win that game six to one and lost in overtime is a minor miracle if you're a Boston awesome Bruins fan. But Overall, Pasternak is one of the best players in the league. So, um, good for him. You know, they've got some guys on value contracts, right? They get Krejci back to play second-line center from, mm-hmm. you know, Czech Republic or Czechia, whatever they call it now, um, at a, you know, at a bargain basement price. So, um, at some point, you got to pay the piper with those guys. And, you know, Pasternak is a terrific player, one of the top guys in the league. And, uh, yeah, not, not that big a surprise. But Bruins are a really good team, right? What do they have, eight losses all year? Mm-hmm. So, they're – you know, with the Bertuzzi acquisition today, um, that just adds to an already terrific hockey team that's getting outstanding goaltending as Flames fans will attest. So, um, you know, we'll see. That's, yeah, uh, that's interesting. I didn't Elliot just reported that. I'm looking at it right now. Okay, all right, there you go.
1: Yeah, it's not a burner account. Uh, keep your head is up for burner accounts. Anyone can get a blue yeah. check mark these days. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's it's tough. I don't know who's worse: people who do a burner account like to, to somebody similar to Elliot or people who go through like tweets from 10 years ago to dig them up. I don't know who are oh, worse God. people.
3: Hmm. You know, I, I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole of social media. I, I don't know if I've had the conversation with you, but I had to talk publicly okay, before I, people ask me, why are you it. not on social media? I'm like, I've said this before. Social media is the most destructive thing that human beings have ever created. And I'm t- including the hydrogen bomb. So fair. Yeah, so, I'm not, I'm just not going to, I don't want to partake because I, as much uh, good that it can do in terms of being a, a source of information, yep. um, I just think the negatives are, you know, are. Listen, we all need septic tanks and sewer systems. I'm not going to wait around in them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's
3: the way I look at social media. <clears throat> it's pretty good, Rick. I agree yeah, with that, you. So, so um, you're talking about this digging up dirt that somebody or our tweet that you can, you can look back at from 15 or 10 years ago. I like guess Twitter didn't exist 15 years ago, whatever. Yeah. You know, going through people's rubbish, trying to find something to bury somebody that they said that might be on the, you know, might be questionable. I'm like, yep. I don't know. One of the first things I learned when I was a kid is don't be a tattletale, you know, <laughs> right. You run up to the teacher and go, you know what little Johnny just said to me? And like, are like, you? you, know, the teacher would just roll her eyes and, and and we've turned into an entire society of cattle tales.
1: Yeah, it's, like, it's, I couldn't agree with you more. And even look at like the mental health of like young uh, teenage girls and what Instagram's done to their dudes, mental man. health. It's like it's just, side. it's no good. Uh, it's no good, Rick, uh, but sure. it's a, it's, it's an evil that probably around now uh, forever and ever and ever. Rick ball is the voice of the flames on Sportsnet, Joining us here on the Atlas pizza and sports bar guest hotline, big show, Russick and Rose at 960, the fan. Um, Jacob Markstrom will get the start tonight, um, as he should. And Daryl Sutter talked about it yesterday. I talked about it on the show yesterday before the Sutter comments. Rick, if they just get average goaltending yeah. from Jacob Markstrom, this is a playoff team, right, the rest of the way?
3: You know, all the question marks coming into the season this year with all the changes they had, goaltending was the last of them after the year that Markstrom had last season with Ladar, right? So the fact that it's been inconsistent this year is a, is a real surprise. And I agree if they, you know, if, if those guys played close to what they did a year ago, the playoffs probably, and I don't want to lay the blame entirely at the feet of the goaltending because there's been a lot of breakdowns in front of them. Like the flames are an interesting team. It seems like they hardly give up any chances, but when they do, um, they're great. Right. So um, it's not all on them. It's a team sport, but um you know, it's pretty obvious when you look at the numbers. They have been as good as they were a year ago. And I think if they are, or even close to that, this team's comfortable in the playoff spot. Um, Tree Living's in an interesting position going into the trade deadline tomorrow. Uh, they're five points out of the playoffs. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm just going over the schedule this morning, getting ready for the game tonight. They play Anaheim three times, San Jose twice, Chicago once, Vancouver twice, Arizona and Ottawa. Um, between now and the end of the season, so that's basically half of the games they have left. Um, so I, you know, if you're like, this is entirely um, optimistic thinking, but because and and particularly because they 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 haven't played their best against the teams behind them in the standings this year, they've lost a lot of games against teams they should have beaten, and uh, that's been a, another big factor in the reason why they're on the outside looking in right now. But that's twenty points right there, assuming you win every game you should. And again, that's a that's a assumption that we shouldn't make with any team. Um, But they, if you think the flames need 95 points to get in uh, that's 20 points available from teams behind them. And in some cases, well behind them in the standings. And that would mean they'd have to get eight points out of Toronto, two games against Minnesota, two games against Dallas, Vegas, two against LA, Winnipeg and Nashville. And of course, Minnesota, LA and Winnipeg are teams they are chasing. So, It's, you know, the numbers aren't great, but it's not impossible. And I wouldn't even say it's an extreme long shot that they do manage to get in. But how do you approach it if you're Brad Living going into trade deadline tomorrow? I mean, do you want to cross your fingers and push your chips in and and try and add or sell or do nothing? Um, It's a tricky spot to be in, right? Because you're not that far out, and yet you're five out of a playoff spot. And I don't know how you approach it at this time of the year if you're the GM of the Calgary Flames. So... Um, But getting back to your original question, goaltending needs, you know, all all of what I just talked about laying out in terms of schedule and strength of opponent down the stretch, the only thing um, or the number one thing that needs to happen is the goaltending needs to, uh, to be more consistent than it has been. And if that happens, they've got a chance for sure. Um, Rick, whatever happens tomorrow with the trade deadline.
1: Yeah, Rick, with the emergence of P- Peltier's play, uh, obviously that's a top six winger, something that even Brad Living talked about uh, heading into the season, and that's something that maybe they do, but I doubt it. But now it feels more like you add a depth defenseman. is, and Although Dennis Gilbert's been good since being back into the lineup in place of the injured Michael Stone, is that something maybe they should really explore tomorrow? A nice depth defenseman who's very responsible defensively to play with Nikita Zadorov, who, God bless him, uh, he's been taking a little, he's been a riverboat gambler of late and it's hurt the flames in situations because he's probably the most frustrating blue liner. Cause you see flashes of, wow, this guy is a first round pick. And then you're like, wow, this guy takes unnecessary chances. That hurts the team. You just need somebody a little more responsible just to play with him on the bottom pair.
3: Yeah. I don't know. Tough to say. I think Gilbert's been really good. Like um, since he was called up, I, I like the way he plays. He provides some toughness. He's, you know, a little bit in that Eric de Branson role when they were a good third pairing for the Calgary Flames. I like Nikita Zarov's game a ton. I You know, he's a huge guy who's actually a pretty good skater, control those devastating hits, but sometimes his decision-making, um, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress. And you think about the play that he made on that penalty kill against Boston, where he steps up and throws a devastating hit on on Jake DeBrusk, but unfortunately takes out Majapani at the same time, and they wind up with a tap-in goal that ties the game. So, um you think, well, that's probably not the time to do that in a get one goal game in the third period. You might want to be a little more conservative, but you gotta be careful not to neuter the physicality of his game either because it's a big part of what makes him effective. So um anyway, that's a long way to way of avoiding your question. I think the bottom line is do the flames out of depth defensemen? Yeah, it's probably not a bad um not not a bad theory. I, I, I I'm sure there's been interest, you know, the Luke Shenz of the world, of course he got traded. Chicharren not a depth guy. That would be more of a you know of a, of a top pairing guy or definitely a, a top four guy um, if you're going to make a deal for him. But he's already gone, so you're talking about the guys who are out there uh, that were rumored and have now been traded. So um, it, you can never have too many blue liners and guys with NHL experience. So it wouldn't shock me at all if that's they do add to this roster. That's be a spot that they look. So, um, but the, the the big factor is how do they approach trade deadline in terms of Going forward, right? Are they going to, like I said, push their chips in a little more and and try and make a run for a playoff spot this year? Do they look to the future a little more and try and add draft picks and prospects? It's um, so an interesting spot to be in when you're, you know, when you're five points out of a playoff spot uh, because you could, it could go either way, and um, we'll see tomorrow.
2: How have you? Or what have you made of Jonathan Huberto's play lately? And, and maybe on top of that, how Jacob Pelche, the excitable Jacob Pelche, has impacted his play. <laughs>
3: Love it. Those two guys are developing some chemistry. You know, you've got the veteran guy who's been in this league for a long time and has put up a ton of points. And you've got a young guy coming in to provide that jolt of energy. Uh, you know, I, the first game that I saw Jacob Pelcia play at the NHL level, even though he didn't play a ton, I remember there was a bunch of special teams and led to those comments that Daryl Sutter made afterwards, um, which I think was more of a shot at the media than anything else. Uh, but I think the uh, I, I, just watching him play, whatever number of shifts he had in that game. Like this guy, this guy looks like a national hockey league player. And, um, and that's only been proven even more. So the more he's played and the chance now to play with uh, Kadri and, and especially with, with Huberto, um, you know, I love it. I think there's a ton of potential there for uh, not just this season, but long-term success with those two guys together as a pair, because they seem to be on the same wavelength, uh, Pelletier, has uh, put up a ton of points in the American Hockey League. He's still very, very young. And, uh, yeah, it's been fun to watch. And, and, you know, you inject some of that energy, you know, on, in a different way. Uh, Dewar's done the same thing on that fourth line. You know, you, that youthful enthusiasm can be contagious when you inject it onto a team, and especially if the guys step in and play well. And Both those guys had an element of speed uh, to the game, and, and I think they've been terrific additions since they've been called up and, and, and in the lineup.
1: Rick Ball is the voice of the Calgary Flames for Sportsnet. Rick, thanks for this. Uh, enjoy the game tonight.
3: Hey, guys. Always great when uh, one of the original six, and especially Toronto or Montreal, come to town. The energy in the building will be fantastic. And, uh, Love calling these games, so it should be a fun one. Thanks uh, and, for having me.
1: And we love listening. Thanks for this, Rick. Uh, there he goes, uh, Rick Ball. NHL trade deadline coverage on Sportsnet 960s, brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403-248-3344. Straight ahead, uh, Nick Kiprios uh, from Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet 590. The fans super dialed in. Still taking your text messages at 960 960 name and location outside of the Oilers. Who's the team you hate the most in the NHL. We'll give away the two tickets to the wing off in support of Calgary kids sport at Cowboys next week. And I'm also going to share an incredible headline. I just saw on Twitter. We'll do all of that. <laughs> next. It's the big show. Russick and Rose sports Net 960, the fan.
2: Hey, it's Haley Salvian from The Athletic. For a look at the latest on your Calgary Flames and NHL news, go click and subscribe to the Hockey Central 960 podcast. While you're there, please rate and review the show.
1: It's The Big Show, Russick and Rowe, Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Um, we're still giving away those pair of tickets to the fifth annual wing-off in support of KidSport Sport Calgary at Cowboys next week. Outside of the Oilers, who's the NHL team you hate the most and why? Nine sixty nine sixty name and location. There's some beauties on the text line. There's a, a wide varying
2: array of answers here. Yeah, but I don't know if a lot of them are unexpected.
1: Yeah, uh, and there's also a headline I want to share uh, with you, Maddie, our <laughs> listeners, and our next guest. He's the host of Real Kipper and Born on Sportsnet five ninety The Fan in Toronto. We say good morning to Nick Kiprios on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Kipper, good morning. How are you?
4: I'm good. How are you guys? Good. Catching so, your breath from all the uh, the bodies changing.
1: Oh yeah, like it's it's crazy. Like uh, the Posternak, the Bertuzzi deal. But I wanted to share with this with you first. Sure. According to the New York Post, Kipper, uh, when a bear attacks, don't quote push a slower friend down. The National Park Service says. So if there's a bear coming at you, don't push down your slower friend, <laughs> so the bear can get them. <laughs> Don't do it i I thought all you had to do was outrun your friend, yeah, that's what I'd always learned yeah. that's right. it's survival of the fittest in that in that situation, Kipper that's pretty much what it is it's uh you yeah. should play dead, which isn't probably the easiest thing to do if a bear is handling you on the ground, but there you go. Well, do not push is, down your slower friend
4: is is this all tied into the trade deadline because are we seeing like you know bears push down the uh the teams that uh are are Waving the white flag right now.
1: You're like I we had Frank Saravalli on Kipper earlier and I want to talk about the Bruins and what they're doing with the pasta extension and the Bertuzzi deal. I want to get your thoughts on that Canucks Red Wings deal when you saw it went down and what your initial thought was.
4: Yeah, well my first initial thought is that we're seeing like real hockey trades, right? and we're not necessarily watching guys uh, on expiring contracts and get what you can for them and uh and and then walk them right into free agency and there are a few examples that are out there no question about that but you know the the Vancouver Detroit uh Hironic, uh deal is really around uh a guy that you think is hard to find and that is a right-handed a D guy that uh can produce points and uh, you got to draft them. You gotta you gotta nurture them, and you hope that they can pay off in five or seven years. We're, I, you know, I, I like the player, uh, but I just don't know the timing of the Vancouver Canucks on this. To be honest with you, so I don't know if they really truly know what they're doing uh, <laughs> moving forward, or what kind of look they expect to have as early as next year or two years. But uh, I I. You know, the the JT Miller contract that hasn't even, I think, technically kicked in, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're going to trade him in the summer. They signed him, and now they're going to trade him again. <laughs> like, can you guys please make up your mind?
1: Right. Um, and even what the Red Wings are doing, right? They, they sent Tyler Batuzzi over to the Bruins, which was a surprising trade this morning. So Eiserman's like, yeah, we lost those two games to the Senators. Rip this thing apart outside of giving Dylan Larkin a deal.
4: Well, I think, yeah, they're just gonna they're gonna keep collecting assets, and you know the, I don't mind it, and I get that Detroit was fairly close, although, I heard Stevie Eiserman was just really pissed at uh, the last two games against Ottawa that sealed their fate, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Bertuzzi was out there, and then they got close, and it was like, okay, if you guys are gonna take a legit shot, at uh, At making the playoffs maybe he stays and then you get embarrassed by the Ottawa Senators and he's gone uh don't think of it necessarily as a a first round pick to to again use and develop and wait for him to turn into a player in, in three or five years I think I think Detroit feels like they're they're getting better they're making progress but they're just not ready so, if that's the case, to make the tough decision to to accumulate more assets, and that's what he was able to do for Bertuzzi, and we'll see maybe as early as next year he can even flip these uh, these assets into real players again. Um, but he, he he knows he's he's close, but not close enough, and that's why we saw Bertuzzi finally uh, uh, get traded to Boston.
2: Thoughts on the Pasternak extension? Uh, he gets uh, $11.25 million over the next eight seasons, and I think a lot of people, as we've seen it on social media, appropriately so, and it could be a real nice contract once the cap starts to go up uh, exponentially.
4: Yeah, I think I think there's a little bit of a hometown discount in there as well. Mm-hmm. I think if he went to the open market, uh, he'd be probably closer to twelve. But I think that... Uh, he wants to stay in Boston. There's a lot of pressure on him to 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 leave maybe a million dollars or 800000 on the table, which he did. He is, no question, uh, the highest-paid player on the team as he jumps uh, a lot higher than uh, Charlie McAvoy, just over $9 million, but uh, a good player and, and one that wants to end his career in Boston and – we know where they're heading this year in terms of the commitment to try to win a Stanley Cup and, uh, and uh, seal their legacy there. You know, between Marchand and Krejci, Bergeron, and, and now Pasternak, uh, those guys are going to be legends in, in the city of Boston, and that had a lot to do with Pasternak making the commitment.
2: What have you made of how they're deploying their defense right now and just kind of giving guys nights off? Now they got seven NHL defensemen.
4: I watched them the other night against Calgary and really had no business kind of being in that game. And Allmark was just off the charts. And uh, I'm also watching, though, Lindholm carefully. And I, I, I think out of all of them, he is just the stud right now. Um yeah, there's there's no holes in their lineup. They are as deep as I've seen in a long, long time. And, uh, you know, can they can they go through a stretch at the worst possible time and find themselves, you know, outside of a Stanley Cup final or winning the championship? Yeah, there's always, always the possibility. Uh, we see Nick Foligno go down, and I think that may have had to do a lot with getting Bertuzzi uh, but that's always why you play the games uh you know you don't you don't hand Stanley Cups out on paper but they are going to be tough to beat no question
1: Nick Kiprios co host of real kipper and Bourne, over on our friends at Sportsnet 590 the fan in Toronto joining us here on the Big Show Russick and Rose Sportsnet 960 the fan uh Kipper how much game does Jonathan Quick have left
4: I'd certainly uh if I'm the Toronto Maple Leafs I I'd, I'd certainly find a way to get him uh as a as a reinforcement, uh, at times he's played really well for the L.A. Kings, uh, but he was on borrowed time there, and everybody knew it. It's kind of sad that uh, you know it had to end this way and, and send him to Columbus for a guy that uh, we know is going to have his jersey retired and a statue, probably outside with the likes of Gretzky and Kobe Bryant uh, in Los Angeles, but. I think there's enough at least uh for him to offer uh as as a reinforcement and it's still shaping up toward Samsonov although he got uh he had a very tough night in Edmonton last night uh but if it's not Samsonov and you can't count on Matt Murray why wouldn't you go after Jonathan Quick all you got to do is just make sure uh the amount of money left on his contract is uh eaten up uh, by Columbus and maybe 25% somewhere else. And you may even have to shed some payroll to do it, but I, I think it would be a, a a wise move at this point, especially what you witnessed last night in Edmonton for the Leafs to go, well, we've come this far now. Why would we not um, cover ourselves in the net? Do you like
2: the fit for the LA Kings bringing back Gavrikov and Korpisalo and giving up you know, a couple of big assets and then the salary and Jonathan Quick as well? And what that will do for the locker room.
4: Yeah, there's always something to be said about a shutdown guy. Uh, and Calgary experienced that with Tanov coming in. And, uh, you know, th- those guys are just so valuable. Uh, Gavrikov comes in. you know, yeah, I don't think he's as good as Tanov, but uh, certainly mm-hmm. can come in and, and eat. Those type of minutes up, and you know, on occasion, piss off the other team. Uh, I, I think he'll be a good fit in, in L.A. Uh, are they ready to win now? How can you look at that Western Conference and say that about any team right now? It's so wide open. Mm. We mentioned goaltending, Vegas. You hear also Jonathan Quick's name there as well. So uh, he isn't what he used to be. But there's still some left uh in the tank there, and I would think, after being shipped to Columbus and uh you know feeling somewhat embarrassed about the whole thing, uh, he would welcome a move to get one last crack at the can uh with a contending team
1: um based on and i think I think a lot of people agree with that kipper that the West does feel wide open maybe outside of the avalanche. Are you hearing anything involving the Calgary Flames that potentially could get serious?
4: I don't know whether uh, Tree Living has anything left in the tank to uh, to push for anything major. Uh, I, I know you guys have been talking depth there, and there was a sense that uh, even Luke Shen, they had interest in Luke Shen. My understanding was that the Leafs were the only ones that would serve up a third rounder for for Luke Shen. So um I I I think, you know, the, the major surgery was done at the beginning of the season, you know, obviously to uh to to answer to losing Kachuk, you know, and, and Johnny Hockey. Outside of that, I, I don't know what's left except just a hope and a prayer that this, this team can go on a bit of a run here and, and save their season.
2: Now as we uh, look towards the rest of the deadline, like who are you looking at as far as the big movers and shakers, maybe someone (laughs) that could come out of the weeds and and stun us all with a big headline before 1 o'clock tomorrow?
4: Yeah, well, remember, I'm not on trade deadline shows anymore, so I don't have to uh, fake news uh, (laughs) anything here moving forward.
2: Come up with some soft little fibs?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I mean, outside of Boston and Toronto in the East and, uh, you know, the Rangers a little bit, they, so many have made their move. If, if there's any, if there's one team that I go, okay, you know, come on, try a little harder, it would be the Carolina Hurricanes. Mm. But we know that uh, they've got an owner that likes to, uh, to shop in, uh, um, you know, garbage bins. So... Mm. Uh, I I don't know what what they're going to do. They got a fantastic coach in Rod Brindamore, and they are a contending team. There's no question for me that they are they are really close. So we'll see between Carolina and maybe Pittsburgh as well. You know, Malkin, you're resigned. Letang, you're resigned. you resigned. Latang, you are resigned. You can't you can't go cold right now, um, knowing that you. You you re you up them for the here and now, and not try to take a crack at it. So a lot of pressure on Hextall to to do something. Uh, that fan base is uh, is is really itchy right now to to see something uh, come in for Sidney Crosby.
1: Uh, Kipper, before I let you go, uh, Connor McDavid now doing something that hasn't been done in like a hundred years <laughs> in the NHL, scoring um, five straight multi-goal games. You played in the league. How absurd is it that this guy has scored five games straight with at least two yeah. goals?
4: Yeah, it is something to watch uh, and, and just know that you have to bring it every night for the Oilers. Again, they're they're a good team, um, but he knows he has to carry the, the mail every night, and for him to put together a little stretch here in the last week and a half of scoring a couple of goals a game is phenomenal. Uh, my era, of course, I. I played and competed against uh, the, the likes of Wayne Gretzky and, and Mario, and it's really no different. That when they walk into the in any building, it's like uh, like the Beatles coming in town. And Connor does that. You know, there's no question that uh, the league's very lucky to have a player like that right now, uh, being the face, because uh, he is must-watch TV.
1: Uh, if you okay, one more real quick. Uh, if if you if you were a general manager of a team, Kipper, who would you rather starting game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs in net for you, Jack Campbell or Frederick Anderson?
4: Oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I you know listen, I got a soft spot for for Jack Campbell, but uh, um, I, I found it so sad that they couldn't play him against the Leafs last night. Uh, and I think that spoke volumes of where they are in their comfort zone with him. Uh, Frederick Anderson, again, uh, these guys are talented guys, but there's just something uh, between the ears that, that uh, is holding them back. And, uh, you know, goaltending isn't what it used to be, guys. Take a look at where you were even, you know, 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, with starting goalies and where you are now, uh, outside of Vasilevsky and Shosturkin, and now Olmark All- joined that group, right? And and that's great for the Boston Bruins. But outside of that, man, you could just flip a coin some nights on what you're what you're going to get in net uh, for for a lot of teams, and uh, you know that includes Edmonton and Toronto, two teams last night that were supposed to that are supposed to compete for the Stanley Cup. And you don't know what you're going to get every night uh, between the pipes. That's a, that's a problem. That's an issue.
1: Nick Caprios is the co-host of Real Kipper and Born over on Sportsnet. Five Naughty, the fan, of course, Stanley Cup champion, former NHLer Kipper. Always a pleasure. Let's do it again, pal.
4: Okay, always, guys. Thanks.
1: There he goes, uh, Nick Caprios on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. NHL trade deadline coverage on Sportsnet 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. Down in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery at 403 3344 Got about five minutes to go mm-hmm. in the program. We got to give away yeah. some tickets. Oh, to the fifth annual Wing Off. Wing Off at Cowboys in support of Calgary Kids Sport. Goes down a week tonight down at Cowboys. We've been asking you, outside of the Oilers, of course, what's the team in the National Hockey League you hate. And hate's a strong word. Hate the most. Nine sixty, nine sixty. name and location. Texty McTexerson is our Sportsnet 960, the fan text-reading robot. He's got some more texts for us. Uh, the Bakersfield one is the clubhouse leader right now. Would you agree, Patrick? Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay, and who condors. is that from? That's from have... Mark. Okay, Mark. Mark's the clubhouse leader right now because he hates the Bakersfield condors. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when they actually had the Condor on the ice and it messed with everything and got on the bench and was yep. start, yeah, it, was
2: it escaped from the trainer. And it, was, like, it was before to H, cause
1: havoc. it was before they were affiliated with the Oilers and even an really? NHL team. It was yep. way back in the day. Oh yeah, dude. what's the di- what's the biggest difference between a Condor and a Vulture? Ooh, good question. I think I know a Vulture pukes on its feet to keep itself cool. Oh,
2: <laughs> good.
1: Yeah, you play it does. the more
2: you know. thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: Vultures. So so vultures are much smaller than condors. Condors are massive. Okay, you know you're a badass animal when you're hot. You just vomit on your legs. (laughs) It's a badass animal. (laughs) Condors
2: are a type of vulture, but are the largest vulture. There are only two condor species in the world, one in North America and one in South America. Do condors vomit on their legs to cool themselves off? Let me see here. Control F. Condor vomit on their
1: feet. Okay, you look... Zero for zero. Okay, you looked that up. <laughs> well, clearly it's not the case, uh, but we still have text messages to get to. Uh, what do you got for us there, Texty?
0: Sean in Calgary. The Ducks. WTF, how many movies do you need?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah! Yeah. Especially when they're playing the evil Iceland team. Yeah, yeah what's like, with ooh, that? So many yeah. hockey players in Iceland. Yeah, So many. How could uh, they? If you can accept a pass on an egg and not break it, you oh. can definitely cradle the puck. Yeah. Thank you, Emilio Estevez. That's but, how it uh, works. It does. That's how it works. Uh, more from Texty,
0: Jamie and Airdrie, RNR. I hate Team Iceland from the Mighty Ducks films. No, oh, there we go. Just a bunch of bullies with a jerk coach. <laughs> Two minutes. Well worth it. Yep, <laughs> jerk coach for sure.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very evil, that team from Iceland. Not good guys. Very evil. The that's home different. of York. All right, yeah. what else do you got?
0: Brent from Tuscany. I hate the Leafs, but not as much as the oil dipsticks.
1: <laughs> yeah, we know. Like, yeah, that's, it's obviously the most hated team in the city, and mm-hmm. it should be. Mm-hmm. Your number one rival, provincial rival. Yeah, you don't want to see the Oilers do well, and we understand that. That's why we're asking you. Pre-2015, it was the Canucks. Yeah. Interesting. Because, the,
2: do the Oilers were so bad. There was no relevant battles of Alberta. Not to say the Flames were that much better, but they had some good years, and the Canucks were a wagon. They had the Sedins, and they mm. had all those guys that were just such a nightmare to play against. Burroughs, BXA. Kessler, uh, mm. Someone texted in earlier, Lapierre. Yeah, yep. That guy was a piece of work. Rafi Torres oh, was Raffy there.
1: Yeah. Roberto Luongo wasn't as likable as he is now. Manny Malhotra was just so tough to play against. Win every face off. Lose every single draw. Oh,
2: Oh, great. Offensive zone face. Oh, it's Malhotra. Never mind. We're not
1: great.
0: Uh, All right, let's get to some more texty. Bob H. in High River. Hate the Coyotes. They contribute nothing to the league besides a dumping ground for salaries and a spot (laughs) for players to waste away in the desert. Their arena also resembles a Little Tykes play place. Embarrassing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> okay. That's pretty good by Bob.
2: Gets really mad you, you, about the
1: state of the league. Again, I've I've shared my thoughts on these inconsequential franchises many times in the NHL. Keep expanding though. Yeah, well that's what they're going to do, but again, could you imagine what the league would look like if they if they got rid of a lot of those teams? How awesome the hockey would be. Yeah, it's such sure there's yeah. so much talent. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> Yeah, there is. Like, you a could lot. delete ten leagues, ten teams from the league, and it'd be awesome.
2: <sighs> but yes, how many guys are say true
1: yes. AHLers that are just hanging on at the bottom <laughs> six of an NHL roster? Yeah, like, like I'm, two per team. But, yeah, but, but imagine the talent level if you did that. Like, it would be unreal. The hockey,
2: I like. Yeah, it's like watching an all-star competition.
1: Yeah, it'd be great. Sure. Yeah, no, we gotta have teams like the Coyotes and Jackets around. That nobody cares about even in those cities. We got somebody hating the jackets right now.
0: Good. Play it. Sean in Capitol Hill. Team I hate the most is Columbus. <laughs> Always play in Calgary on a Tuesday. I get banged up, <laughs> see a crappy hockey game, and suffer through the rest of the week. <laughs>
1: It's pretty good. They're always (laughs) here on (laughs) it. Damn it. And then
2: I get banged up.
1: Yeah. He has to. I get banged. But he has to get banged up. Oh, obviously. Yeah. It's like, damn you, Columbus, for me getting banged up. (laughs) I'm not going to go to the game and not get all sorts of (laughs) whacked. That was an electric atmosphere that Tuesday night when Johnny came back. Pretty vile. It was like when the Rangers came to town. You got one more for us? Yep. All right.
0: Gary from Airdrie. I feel that if I choose another team in NHL to hate besides the Oilers, I would be watering down the hate required for that team. <laughs> they need focused hate at the Oilers. Well, wow, these Focus are good.
1: Hate. I like that one. I like the Coyotes one. I like the this banged up on a Tuesday really night against good. the Jackets. <laughs> and know? I like how we hate the one listener who was that Who's the baker? Mark. Mark hates the Condors. Mar- Mark hates the Bakersfield Condors because they're the <laughs> Oilers' of NHL affiliate. <laughs> we asked you NHL. Although I like the Mark one, it's good. <laughs> it is a hockey team. Yeah, but we did say NHL. Mm, I guess. What about getting banged up on a Tuesday night? <laughs> I watching do the like jackets?
2: getting banged up on Tuesdays.
1: Watching. All the right, let's know, give it. Okay. Who's that? That's Sean. Okay, but let's play it one more time.
0: Sean in Capitol Hill. Team I hate the most is Columbus. Always play in Calgary on a Tuesday. I get banged up, (laughs) see a crappy hockey game, and suffer through the rest of the week.
1: I like it. Now you can hit the applause, Alex. That sounds like that's in an elementary school gym. (laughs) It's kind of grown on me, I'll be honest. Okay. (laughs) Because it starts a little light, and then it picks up, and then it kind of fades down a little bit.
2: It's like you're at some sort of an assembly, and everyone's yeah. like, "I don't know who this is. I don't yeah. know why I'm clapping, but I don't want to be rude. So that's what I'll do, I guess. Uh,
1: our three hours are up. Uh, How about
2: this one? I hate the least because that's who George Russick cheers for. Oh,
1: oh, no, I don't. That's... Oh Oh, we don't do that here. That's not bad. That's Toronto Radio What do you mean? Like I la- I I, la- I I don't mind catching arrows because it's what I signed up for and I honestly don't care a lot of the time, but I also got that in Toronto. <laughs> how come you're talking about the Leafs when you're a Habs fan? You know how many yeah. times I got that? Yeah, stupid Habs fan on the Leafs, and now I hear I'm apparently I'm a Leafs fan when I've roasted the Leafs for years and years and years. But that's fine. And That's I'm fine. from Niagara Falls. There's yeah. a big difference. 100%. Okay. That's it for us. What do you got on uh, Mucho Big Show straight ahead? You got Damien Jennings, uh, head coach of the Can- uh, of Calgary Dinos women's basketball team. They're in the Canada West final this cool. weekend. And then Murray Pam, Ottawa Senators writer. Big stuff happening out in Ottawa. All right. I love it. And uh, hopefully maybe the Flames do something. Maybe? Enjoy the game tonight. We'll have it. Uh, we'll break it down for you tomorrow. Uh, that's it for us. Uh, enjoy the game tonight. Talk to you tomorrow. Uh, bye-bye now. Bye.